0: Today, we are here with Stephen.
1: Do your keys fly? Because our guests do.
0: (laughs) And Mella... Hello, hello, hello. So, to start I, off, I do fly, yes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> so, to start off, let's have you introduce yourself, your house, your Patronus, and your favorite Harry Potter character.
2: So, I am Mella. Most of you probably know me as Mella the Huffleman. I am also. Mella's migraine life, which I will mention a little later. Um, my house is Hufflepuff, obviously. My Patronus is a Manx cat. Um, but my um, Patronus at home and my familiar is just a little tiger cat who's very mad that she's not in this room right now. Uh, <laughs> she goes into Zoom meetings with my husband and just has a lot of cat butt. So I was like, no cat butt today. <laughs> um, and my favorite harry potter character is probably luna um but i also have a real soft spot for professor sprout because i feel like i would be maybe not good at herbology but maybe maybe like that good hufflepuff house mom that takes care of everybody who misses their family and is having trouble being away and who needs a good book recommendation or, you know, a cup of cocoa in the middle of the night. So, so yeah, probably, probably uh professor Sprout secondary, but Luna first.
1: Now I might ask this question. You might say, no, Stephen, I have no idea. And that'll be the end of the conversation. We can move on, but I'm curious, do you know what the description for the minx cat is and like what the reasoning behind that as your Patronus is?
2: I don't um, it was. It was given to me. I did the whole app test situation. Um, I wouldn't have specified it as a Manx cat, but um, not actually sure even what a Manx cat looks like specifically. Um, but
1: it's a cat of some sort, you know.
2: I like to think of it as the. Um, I, I always think of my Patronus as. The, the very first pet that I got when I um, got divorced years ago, because um, my ex was allergic to everything with fur. Um, my daughter really wanted a cat. So we went to the pound and rescued a cat who was, um, they said she was three. She was actually closer to 10, but she was a long haired white cat. And um, we saved her from the uh, blue juice on a Saturday. So um, I always think that Snowball is my Patronus.
0: Well, the Manx cat is a breed of domestic cat originating on the Isle of Man with a naturally occurring mutation that shortens the tail so they don't have long tails. Oh! It looks like they've got shorter legs, too. Yeah, they look a little, like, stumpy and cute. They're just, like, almost tailless, it looks like.
2: Short arms, short legs short hair. That's me. <laughs> I am a Manx cat. <laughs> That'll be my next Instagram account. Mella the Manx cat.
1: <laughs> and it, it still has the proper alliteration. So you're good.
2: Yeah, it, it does. And if there's, you know, I, I'm good with coming up with alliteration. That's, you know, kind of a jam <laughs> being creative. <laughs> So let's start
0: with how you found Harry Potter and how you joined the community.
2: So I found Harry Potter actually pretty early in the game. Um, my daughter just turned 30. So she graduated from high school in 08. And when she was in Elementary school, one of her classmates had grandparents who lived in the UK. And they sent along, shortly after it was released, Harry Potter. They sent him the first Harry Potter book. And their teacher read it to them as a class. My daughter really enjoyed it. So I found a way to get my hands on it. And so, like, really, right around, I want to say 99, 2000. Um, back in the dark days of the internet, um, I was—that was when I started reading Harry Potter—and I've always loved Harry Potter because I've always been a a book saga person. If somebody builds a really interesting world, um, I will fall into it, and I will read every book that has to do with that world. Starting with Anne of Green Gables when I was younger, and Little House on the Prairie, and. Um, Twilight, no shaming me for Twilight. Um, But basically, if you write a book that's a series that's any good, I will read it. Um, And so that's kind of how I got into Harry Potter and into the books. And at that time, I was huge, huge into Disney. I'm one of those people who finds a thing and obsesses on it. Um, I cannot like anything in a halfway chill way. It is everything or nothing. So. About four years ago, I started collecting Harry Potter merch, and about three years ago, I started like quietly following people on Instagram, and I had been on Facebook um, and started kind of just watching the community and commenting on it, and then it's been like two years since I started my Harry Potter Instagram where I started like really putting time into the community. And I always say this, but the Potter people are really like the best people Um, there. Everyone is friendly. Everyone is kind and welcoming. Nobody cares that I'm pushing 50 and that I have a grandchild. Um, I'm interested in the same things that everyone else is interested in here. Um, And, we all have this one thing in common that, um, even though right now we might not necessarily um, feel all warm and fuzzy about the creator of this content, uh, we've still created something that's bigger than that and gives us a world to escape to. And as a person who is disabled with pain conditions, um, having escapist worlds um, is really important to me. And that's kind of how I got into um, loving Harry Potter, I'm very lucky. I have a husband who spoils me and does not roll his eyes when something comes from Amazon or um, something comes from the parks, or I get a package from the UK because somebody went to a Primark there for me um, to get stuff. And I'm just, I'm really lucky in that way. Like this year, I went to LeakyCon last year, which was amazing, and got to meet so many people, like for the first time. And then I wasn't going to go to Uncelebration. And my husband is like, I have airline miles and we have hotel points. All it's going to cost you is your park ticket. Just go and hang out with your friends. And I'm really glad he did because that kind of gave me a well of um, joy to feed off of when we suddenly then went into quarantine. So. So I'm
1: I'm curious. I agree. um, That that Harry Potter is a beautiful world for escapism. Um, That said, uh, just because I think the story is unique to whoever is reading it, right? My reasons for, I love it as a place of escapism are different than yours or different than Danny's or different than anyone else's. So I'm just curious, what, what about the universe? And again, I don't want to get too deep into the creator of said universe here, but what is it about the world that J.K.R. E. created that, that you particularly love, identify with, keep coming back to time and time again?
2: I think that I I like the idea of a society where everyone is, for lack of a better word, on equal footing somehow. Um, I am, I am a socialist by nature. Um, I believe in balance and I feel like, you know, there, you know, there are wealthy families and there are poor families in Harry Potter and, um, you know, there are good families and not so good families. But the thing that I really like about Harry Potter is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you have money or your parents were magic or not. You still have that ability to be part of that. And as somebody who grew up, um, I grew up well below the poverty line. Um, I, you know, single mom, dad was a deadbeat. Both of them had alcohol and substance issues. And so I always was kind of yearning for something. I mean, and that's why I got into reading stories and like, world-built stories because it was a place for me to not have to listen to my parents fight or anything like that and so i have in kind of each world that i've submerged myself in whether it's you know the frontier whether it's prince edward island whether it's england wherever it is uh, it's that going into the world and it doesn't matter that I am old or young or healthy or not healthy. Um, And you know, I like uh, people often notice that I wear glasses that have pink lenses in them. And I like to call these my spectra specs. They're specially tinted glasses for people with migraine um, that help me do things like use a computer and be in a room with light and not have to be in the dark all the time. And it's like, so, you know, like, this is my little piece of magic in the muggle world. And the company who makes these glasses love when I call them my Spectre Specs. Um, And they're really awesome and, and supportive as well. And it's just that ability to have a place where everyone is equal. And there's no, you can't buy your way to better things often. And you can't, like, there's that real socioeconomic balance that I you know didn't grow up with and then going from somebody who grew up who was very poor to somebody who's very comfortably middle class now but also disabled it's just kind of this like how I'm plugging into the world isn't different um that world is the same for me no matter what way I plug into it um and I really have that love for it um a couple years ago my daughter and her husband were at a wedding and they took the Harry Potter sorting quiz because they'd never taken the sorting quiz. Um, And my daughter is a Hufflepuff like her mother. Um, But my son-in-law is a Slytherin and he had a really big existential crisis about that and created a Twitter account where we followed his existential crisis about being sorted into Slytherin. Um, But it's like, I love seeing the joy that people get out of it um, as a parent, as a grandparent, as everybody's, you know, as everybody's token man in the community. Um, I just, I love that everybody is equal and everything comes out balanced and good in the end prevails. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. And I,
1: it's funny right about now um, is, you know, this is typically the point where I ask a question along the lines of what did Harry Potter mean to you the first time you encountered it versus kind of how do you feel about it now? Uh, But typically, when we're talking with people, we're talking with people who are of a similar age to Danny and I, in the sense that we first read the books when we were growing up as kids. So we didn't necessarily read them through a critical lens. And then, you know, obviously, like anything in life, when you look at something kind of just, you know, doe-eyed versus looking at it critically, you know, the lessons change. I'm curious, because you came into the books first as an adult, right, what 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 have you either, I don't know, if, what have you learned about the series is the right question, but how has your perspective on the series altered each time you come back to it, the more you engage with it from the first time that you read it?
2: So I think the first time I kind of read the books and showed up at bookshops for, you know, midnight releases and did all of that song and dance routine, um, uh, you know, I read it in the way that I had always read books where I just threw myself in with um, kind of like a childlike awe and enjoyment of things. Um, You know, when I was little, I didn't really get to be a kid. So it wasn't until my thirties, when I got married to my husband now, um, that I really had this opportunity to be the kid that I always wanted to be. So it's, I'm actually almost experiencing it, I think in reverse to people who are of the age that read it when they were children and then they were adults. I came at it somewhat critically, and, but escaping into a world when I first started reading it in the early 2000s. And now for me, it's just pure joy and escape and magic. Um, really work? magical um obviously but it's just for me I feel like my my experience with Harry Potter now is um very similar I think to a teenager like a young tween who's just starting to read Harry Potter like their excitement and enjoyment for all of those things um for me is has just increased over time whereas I'm less critical about it now and it's like I totally get why everyone um and why I am pissed off at at Joe but I am not I'm not at a critical point in it where I want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Um, I think that I just like as I've grown older my my tolerance for bullshit and my you know what do i care about um what's important to me um i know what how to draw lines and to say okay i don't like the creator but this world that they created that we have grown so much beyond that is important enough to me that um i can appreciate it as an adult and still hate the fact that she's a fucking turf um and uh, probably you know other kinds of um bigotry that comes along with that and i think that you know it's always been problematic i mean there's a lack of representation of people of color there's a lack of representation of people with disabilities um the goblins in the bank are you know very you know there's a bit of you know anti-Semitism in it there's there's you know it's problematic and I think that if you only look at it like that which I think a lot of people who are adults who have kids now who are just getting into it um they're like oh well I don't want my kid like there's this whole cancel culture idea and I just feel like sometimes you have to put aside the creator to enjoy the creation
1: yeah, so I'm I'm going to say two things off the back of that, uh, one of which is genuine and one of which is also genuine, but also just horribly, horribly inappropriate. So um, the genuine one first. I, mean, I feel
2: um, like it's taken a long time to get to horribly inappropriate. So. No,
1: trust me. We've been there in my head the whole time. I've just been staving off. <laughs> um, you know, from a genuine standpoint, I think the one thing that's been – really encouraging for me that i keep trying to come back to when considering so again for listeners a little bit of behind the scenes production notes here we're recording this on what is it june 9th now uh june 9th like 72 hours maybe after what i really hope by the time you hear this is the latest jk rowling tweet god knows what she can do between now and then but um so that's kind of what's grounding this bit of the conversation but what i'll say is what's been really encouraging is you know, the, the kind of the vibe that the community owns the books now, controls the books now, controls the series, and, right, you know, I, I don't want to read verbatim, you know, you know, Dan Radcliffe's, you know, post in The Trevor Project, or... I no,
2: thought that I, was beautifully done. Beautiful, right? But the, the, the
1: overwhelming message from, whether it was Dan's note or what people, like the Harry Potter and the Sacred Text have said, you know, what, what many of us who don't necessarily have a podcast or a platform to speak on have said is that, right. We're pushing a message of inclusivity and love and acceptance and belonging and solidarity and tolerance. And that's what these books have meant to us. And that's what the series has meant to us. And that's that, right? Like we don't, you keep saying whatever the hell you want to say on Twitter, like it's shitty and it sucks, but we're going to ignore you. Um, the inappropriate thing I'm going to say is completely unrelated to this. Earlier in your answer, you talked about how you're coming to the series now more or less like a lot of teens uh, when they were first reading the books. I'll tell you, when I was 18, I was having nothing but sexual fantasies about Tonks and Ginny. So I'm going to assume that's exactly what you meant when you said you were reading the books like no. can- Oh, God.
2: <laughs> um, I, outside of Harry Potter, I, um, I read... And actually, um, I've actually written a romance novel, which I published a few years ago, um, about how I met my husband, uh, based loosely on that. And um, I do a lot of um, beta and continuity reading for um, friends of mine who are romance authors, but also who write, um, like, Fifty Shades adult romance type of stuff. Um, So that's where I get that outlet. Um, You know, I do I ship dreary a little bit, but you know, there's that, you know, nice kind of, um, fan fiction bits that come around. Um, but no, so I mean more tween than 18 year old. Look, Uh, I'm just uh, (laughs)
1: sure point, notwithstanding. People have fantasies far earlier than 18. Oh, yeah. no, and, I'm I just, and I am just going to leave it at that because I see Danny cringing through the screen um, because this I is how read
2: the flowers. I read the Flowers in the Attic book when I was 12 years old.
1: I don't know what that means but I'm going to assume based on this conversation that it's deeply inappropriate for a 12 year old to read.
2: Yes. V.C. Uh, Andrews wrote this crazy let you look it up on your own time i'm sure some of our listeners here um know what those vc andrews books are um but you know i didn't have a lot of parental supervision so i just kind of got to do what i did and because i went to the library all the time to escape librarians just let me read what i wanted to read i was a smart and precocious kid so
1: all right danny keep us uh keep us on topic from here please
0: i hate you sometimes (laughs)
1: you are so welcome i look listeners
0: if you don't like
1: it i'm not going to tell you unsubscribe because that's going to piss Danny off but you know what maybe just stop listening and and <laughs> tune in next week for another episode of creating magic i don't know what to tell you
2: i feel like the majority of um and you know maybe i'm just speculating here but a majority of the listeners um follow you on social media and know what you're like and I think that um, Stephen comes with his own warning he does he does Um, I mean I was sitting in the three broomsticks when he uh, gave his annual (laughs) reading of uh, whatever that squid in the castle bullshit is first encounter
0: (laughs) Yep.
1: God, I really so, thought uh, we had moved past that. Oh boy, we haven't talked about that in this podcast, and it, it, right now it's all speculative because it's in a bunch of pre-recorded but not yet released episodes. But it's been <laughs> at least six or seven recordings since we've mentioned that somehow. So, yeah, look for all the single witches out there, witches looking to make a change in their in their dating status. I'm pretty weird. I can't really get around that one. But I know how to pull it together when I have to. I know how to be normal. Parents tend to love me unless they catch me at the three broomsticks when I'm reading just grotesque Harry Potter fanfic. Yeah, I've got tattoos on my right arm. But, like, if your parents are, you know, more risk-averse, I can wear long sleeves. We're good. (laughs) Um yeah
2: because so like the secret mission of this podcast a to spread the word about harry potter but mostly to find Stephen, Stephen a wife
1: yeah i would argue it's not really so secret
0: it's no longer a secret <laughs> steven's goal is to use the podcast or instagram to find himself a wife
2: well i mean sadly my daughter is already married yeah, and like, no, look, we're not—we're
1: not—we're not, <laughs> not trying to wreck any homes. Like, we're not into home wrecking here. But I'm saying, if you happen to be in a non-married situation where you're unhappy with your current muggle or wizard
2: in your life, I'm here. Get to know me. Well, as that old lady grandma, I will try and find somebody for you. I'll keep an eye out. I will say remind me of what my husband was probably like when he was your age. Um, I didn't meet my husband until we were both in our thirties. Um, but my husband is one of those, um,
1: raconteurs.
2: Sure. Um, that's a word. Um, see
1: ladies. I also have a nice SAT vocabulary.
2: (laughs) Um, No, my husband is, um, very fun and outgoing. And, um, for someone who's about to turn 50 this year, still incredibly young at heart and still, um, like I said, I wasn't afforded the opportunity to be a child when I was a child. Um, and my husband has kind of taken it upon himself to, um, give that back to me and indulge me, um ridiculously like our honeymoon part of our honeymoon was we went to Disneyland and then we drove the Pacific Coast Highway um we've gone you know he takes me to Disney all the time and we go to Universal when we can I mean I'm not going anywhere now until there is a vaccine because I have health issues which make me very susceptible to anything walking by that's a germ um but yeah no I Pacific
1: Coast Highway shouts to all my Zoe 101 heads out there. Only reason I know what the Pacific Coast Highway is.
2: So we stayed in a yurt on the side of the ocean, which has since burned down with the wildfires there. But um, yeah, my husband and I love to travel. We don't get to do it as much now that I am much more ill than I was um, years ago. But um, Yeah, traveling is one of our things, and I still regret that we didn't do all of the Harry Potter stuff when we went to London four years ago.
0: So, since he indulges you in all these things, is he a Harry Potter fan, or is it more so he goes along for the ride?
2: He is a Harry Potter fan. Um, he He is not a fanatic the way that I am. But um, he is a Ravenclaw. He has read all the books. We, if there's nothing on television on the weekend, it's just the Power Potter marathon somewhere is always playing in the background. That's just kind of our background TV, especially since right now there's no, excuse me, since there's no baseball, because um, my husband is a huge Red Sox fan. Um, but he is very childlike in his enjoyment of things and when he finds something he enjoys he takes great pleasure in it um and so he does enjoy the harry potter stuff with me he came to leaky con for saturday Um, but you know he he enjoys it and he's a fan but he values it even more for the joy that it brings me and for the um the the outlet that it gives me um, so I think that he loves it more for that than being a Harry Potter fan, but, you know, if I were into death metal or, you know, pottery or something, he would, you know, he would love and support that too. He's just that kind of like really good egg about it, but no, he wears, um, he has a t-shirt that says Wife, happy life. Um, <laughs> and that's our trivia team name. Um, my son-in-law came up with the, um, term Hufflewife because that's what he refers to my daughter as. Um, And so we were doing trivia. And um, now my husband and my son-in-law both have a Hufflewife Happy Life t-shirt in their respective house colors. Um, But yeah, he he enjoys it. And he, you know, we went last year on our wedding anniversary, we went to go see Cursed Child. Um and really enjoyed that and had a good time with that. And so he comes and does all of the things with me. I think that he doesn't get the same I think it's not the same kind of endorphin and serotonin rush for him that it is for me um and that's fine um because he appreciates and encourages the way that it is you know firing kind of on all of my serotonin dopamine and all of those good receptors I can appreciate that. And when it cut you know, I support what he really, he's a huge Red Sox fan, always has been. The Red Sox won the World Series a few months before we started, for the first time in 80 some odd years, um, the fall before we started dating. And uh, so our first date was a Red Sox game. And like Red Sox is one of those things that we do together and we we enjoy together and we know the organist who plays at the park and whenever we go together he'll play the song from our wedding for us you know between between innings and whatnot and so you know he has this thing that he's really excited about and I you know tend to kind of go all in for what excites him because of how how open and generous he is about things that I love like I was thinking about writing a book. So he bought me a laptop and said, okay, go write a book. Um, and so I did, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it's, um, it's, and it's really good. And as, as we've transitioned to you know, me becoming disabled and not working and spending a lot of time alone in the dark with migraine and, um, uh, pain stuff, um, he just rolls with it. Um, if anybody cares to learn more about my husband and I, if you Google my name, Melanie Grossi, WebMD, and migraine, you will see a five or six minute video that we took part in three years ago with Robin Roberts and WebMD about migraine. And ours was about how migraine has affected our relationship because I was uh, just a once a month migrainer when I met him. And about 10 years ago, I became chronic daily intractable and like that totally changed our life um and and that video kind of um that project that we took part in gave us an opportunity to talk about um how we've adapted to that and we've adapted things that we like like harry potter and baseball and all of those things you know we've had to learn to make adaptations to those things to enjoy them
1: i want to ask on that note and i'm going to ask it you know brusquely but you know I, I i mean it with all of the care in the world is how the hell do you get through universal or like leaky con or like i know having no like auditory look i'm i don't professionally be a doctor but what i'm gonna describe as i'm sure you can describe more accurately is like auditory caused you know physical pain I know I'm worn out and have a headache and tired by the end of those experiences. How the hell do you get through
2: them? So it's a, it's a combination of things. Um, so if you saw me at Uncelebration, you saw that I had a mobility scooter and so I do that. And generally before I'm traveling, there is a way that I can kind of, prep myself for the best situation possible with migraines. Like I'll, I'll do a course of steroids before I travel. I'll take different pain medication with me when I travel and my days are shortened. And um, like when I went to LeakyCon, I had to leave early Friday and Saturday um, and Sunday was actually my best day at LeakyCon. But it's, it's again, like when we travel, I have to plan days for I'm not going to be able to get out of bed. Um, I'm not going to be able to do stuff. I'm going to have to cancel activities um, and what have you. And so that's been a real challenge for me because I am very sensitive with auditory issues and with light and flares and strobes and what have you. And Just as time has gone on and I've had to learn to adjust and create a world around myself in my home that works for me, um, I now have those tools to take to go places and um, make places work for me. And I um, have spent a lot of time learning to advocate and not be quiet about what I need. And so if I need to cut out, I need to cut out. And if I, to be able to handle a day in Universal or Disney, if I need a mobility scooter, um, because my arthritis will get cranky after an hour or two, then I'm going to just rent the mobility scooter and not care that people are looking at me like, oh, well, she can also walk. Um, I make accommodations for my health. And, you know, migraine is the worst part of it. and. I, you know, we had to cancel on this last week. I was kind of glad because I was having a really bad migraine day, but I, you know, sometimes I just have to suck it up and power through and I'm lucky that I have a family around me that supports me. And, um, you know, I've made a couple of good friends in the community, um, who you know when I'm not around for a while checking on me Paula if she hasn't seen me in a day or two will just send me a quick text and be like how are you doing are you okay and she's the same way Stephen she's like I don't understand how you do anything with a migraine and um, sometimes the answer is sometimes I don't do anything I can't do anything um, and then other times I will suffer through and pay the price on the other side for overextending myself to do it but Um, if I always waited for feeling good enough, I would never get to do anything. And that's, that's something that it's taken me a long time to get to. Um, My daily migraine started about 10 years ago. And, um, it's really just, you know, with therapy and age that I've come to find balance and, and get balance. And it's like, you know, um, Steph, uh, Bloody Baroness. Um, I met her at LeakyCon. Um, she, uh, and she happened to have experience with migraine. She only has gotten them when she was pregnant, but she said, I just, you know, it's when people like understand and have empathy and understand that migraine isn't just a headache, that it's the, like this really full body systemic thing. Um, that helps me in feeling better and being able to cope with it because I know that everybody around me just kind of understands and accepts that sometimes I'm just going to have to, you know, peace out in later days because I can't do it. Um, but yeah, no, they're the first like two or three years that I, from when I stopped working, I spent like 80% of my time in bed and I, and it's getting things like ice, wearable ice and these lenses that make me able to do stuff.
0: So I know we have, we've had some other people that deal with, similar type things that are more recently diagnosed and dealing. What advice would you have for people that haven't gotten to that point of accepting those limitations and figuring out what works for you?
2: So it took a while. Um, it, It took a while for me to find, sorry, switching out my, Dr. Pepper, which I finished for water. Um, It took me a while to Wait, time out, time out.
1: Big pause, big pause. Are we regular Dr. Pepper or diet Dr. Pepper? Crucial question.
2: Regular Dr. Pepper. Okay, cool, cool. I can't um, do diet sodas because of the sweetening chemical is a migraine aggravator for me.
1: Also diet Dr. Pepper kind of tastes like cough medicine. So fair.
2: Um, Anywho- continue please but you know what's really good that the new cream dr pepper with cream soda in it it's oh. very close to a butter bear and delicious my daughter saw it on chrissy tegan's instagram and then went hunting for some and brought me some to my house like on a saturday night and it was like the best thing ever
1: shouts to you chrissy Teigen! i know you're listening if you want to come on the podcast my dms specifically mine muggle and khakis are open um
2: Oh,
0: Danny, I'm so sorry. <laughs> every episode. More <laughs> oh, so every day.
1: Danny, but, I...
2: And, and Steven, you're like, you're just, you're 25, right? 26,
0: thank you very are? much.
2: Six. Oh. It's a 26.
0: recent 26. It's
2: so a recent Danny, 26.
1: So one of the things that... You got time, love. One of the things that... Danny does and I won't even say we do because I do no work Uh, one of the things that Danny does with each episode is she tags in the Instagram post any of the people that we shout out throughout the episode Um, and so like just now there are certainly times where I'm like hey let me see if I can intentionally just tag some random person so you mentioned Chrissy Teigen so naturally okay let's shout her out like six or seven times Danny I am fully expecting when this episode (laughs) drops for Chrissy Teigen to be tagged in the episode.
2: she even a Harry Potter fan?
1: doesn't matter. Um, we
2: can I mean, find she's out. She's married to Arthur, but, you know.
1: So, anywho, Danny had asked a very poignant question, and I just took us down the deepest of deep rabbit holes there. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go back on
0: mute now. So before Stephen interrupted, <laughs> we were discussing... How I got to the place where I am. Yes, and how to help how other people can kind of start working their way towards that if they haven't quite made it there.
2: So I think that you know, for me, it is, um, and a lot of this came through time and through um, therapy. I go to therapy twice a month um to just kind of deal with all of the stuff that comes along with having chronic illness and feeling useless um you have to and it takes a while to get there you have to realize that you're this isn't your fault nothing you did has made you sick nothing you're doing um, um probably you know making it worse unless you've got a lung condition and you continue to smoke like a chimney um but you have to learn and it's like anything like you have to learn to love and accept yourself for who you are um did i think when i got married that i would you know five or seven years after i got married that i'd have to stop working and wouldn't be able to participate in my life as usual. Um, absolutely not, but it happened. And I, I remind myself consistently that it is, and my husband has to sometimes remind me it is not my fault and it is okay to ask for help. And it is not, it is not selfish, um, or self-centered or attention grabbing or whatever you worry that you're asking for help is it isn't that it is asking the people around you to care enough to make accommodations so you can be part of that group um or you can be part of that life and it's really it's really accepting that um Maybe what's wrong with you will get fixed someday, and maybe it won't. Um, There have been advances in migraine medication, um, but I have not been a good responder to those. So Even though some of my friends who are chronic daily migraineurs um, have had a huge improvement to their quality of life, um, I haven't had that same improvement, but I understand that that's okay, and again, it's not my fault. And I bring people around me who are understanding and supportive of that. Because really what's more important than anything in life is the people that you kind of pull in around you. Um, I have been on the internet since the mid to late 90s. Um, So I have, you know, met some really unnice nice people and met some really nice people. And uh, I've been part of this group of women for the last 14 years. We all met on Weight Watchers when we were planning our wedding. There's 125 of us, there used to be about 150 of us and we had a big explosion and some people went away. Um, but those women, we live all over the country, we had one shared experience, but we've stayed in each other's lives and I keep them in my life because they're a part of that community that accepts and understands and builds me up. And like, when we do our annual get together, people understand if I've got to step out cause my migraine is just too bad or my back hurts too much. Or I, uh, one of the issues that I sometimes have with migraine, which I'm so happy I'm not having today is aphasia where I can't find words. I can always remember the word aphasia when I have aphasia, when I can't remember like the word water. Um, so it's just building that bubble around you finding all the tools that work for you and just it's really hard it, it's like lots of things the it, the acceptance of self is really hard to do um and i think that's one of the ways where people who have really come to ter- terms with excuse me people who really are able to manage and advocate for themselves and come to terms and live with their disability, um, get to that point of self-acceptance. And if you're having trouble dealing with something or you um, aren't feeling yourself at that moment, you need someone to hype you up, you've got questions about dealing with theme parks or life or work or whatever with a disability, then send me a message. Send me an email. Send me a message on Instagram. I will get back to you. I will be your internet grandma, and I will support you and give you advice with what you're doing because I've done it already, and there's no sense to recreate the wheel if there's somebody who can help you and hype you up. Um, you know, My Harry Potter channel stuff that I do is for fun. My migraine advocacy stuff, Mellow's Migraine Life, is where I teach people facts about migraine using my professional background in research and um, uh, research in medicine in um, back when I was working at Brown University. Sorry, there's a car in the parking lot behind my house at the church, the bass is so loud that I can feel my floor vibrating. (laughs) So it just like was really disconcerting for a second because my floor was vibrating Um, space time. but I think it's everyone's level of comfort looks different than someone else's. So the things that work for me don't work for you, but having people who are in your corner, who love you and who will hype you up um, makes all the difference in the world. If I were going through this and I did not have my husband, I would have yeeted myself off the top of a building a long time ago because daily pain is really hard to live with. Um, But, Yeah, if, you know, if we have listeners who are still trying to get to that point of acceptance, not your fault. There are things that can help you. There are people in this community who love you and who will check out and keep an eye on you and bend over backwards um, because Harry Potter people are the best people. They really are. And um, I'm sad that it took me so long to get involved in the community uh, because I probably could have used them early along in my chronic migraine journey. I feel like I'm doing a lot of babbling. No, you're good. I think that's
0: all good information, um, especially because some people also, like, and I know people within the community don't necessarily have immediate people around them. So it's nice to know that there's people out there that they can reach out to to even like figure out how to go to a theme park and enjoy themselves, but still manage what they're going through
2: yeah and I, I think that that's um that's a lot of what I do with my Mela's migraine life stuff um, and I also do volunteer work with um, a national organization that just happens to be based in Rhode Island where I live, the Association of Migraine Disorders. Um, they found me through the project that I did with WebMD and I have spoken at their conferences about stigma and migraine and patient experience um, and and kind of how all of that folds into my life and how i do things like take a holiday or babysit my granddaughter or you know do things with my family i mean i've missed christmases and i've missed birthdays mm-hmm. and things like that because of migraine but i like my family has like that understanding and acceptance and even like my my son in law's parents like his mother and father like didn't know much about migraine before or or how it affected the whole body. And like his parents have taken time to learn about it. So they always, you know, check on me and see if I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I'm still very close with my um ex-husband's mother and um she always checks on me. My former sister-in-law and I are still good friends. Um even my ex-husband has learned through time um how really like he's taking time to learn about what migraine and my health issues mean, so that um, when I need help and support and accommodation, I have this whole group, but you're right, there are lots of people who don't have anybody close in their life, Um, and that's why these online communities that we belong to, like Harry Potter or Animal Crossing, or if you write Marvel fan fiction, whatever your community is, um, wrap yourself up in that community like a blanket, because there are people in that community that want to keep you warm and help you through to the next guidepost.
0: Before we move on, I just want to make sure there isn't anything else that you want to share in regards to the migraines or if there's any resources that you want to share. And then we will move on to a round of random Harry Potter questions.
2: Um, So for Harry Potter stuff, you'll find me at, Mella the Huffleman on Instagram. But on Instagram and on Instagram TV and on Facebook, you will find me at Mella's Migraine Life. Um and I will send Danny a tag for that so she has that. And there I post um I post resources for people who have migraine. Uh, I post information about new treatments. Um, because I worked in research at a university for a long time, medical research, I, um, like one of my kind of gifts back to the migraine and pain community is that I'm able to kind of translate from medical to layperson. Um, so, you know, you're seeing kind of all these things come out and around. And so when there are things that are somewhat confusing, I take some time to stop and explain them. Um, to the layperson so that they could understand it, Um, you know, and why something worked for you but didn't work for me. Um, And so, you know, Mela's Migraine Life is where I do a lot of that. I work with the Association of Migraine Disorders. um, And on June 21st, which is the longest day of the year, um, it is uh, Worldwide Migraine Solidarity Day. So that day we ask people to take a picture of themselves wearing sunglasses, Posted on social media with the hashtag Shades for Migraine. Um, And it's just to bring awareness throughout the world to migraine that it's not just a headache. One in seven people on the planet have some form of migraine disorder. It is the third most disabling condition according to the World Health Organization. It is more prevalent than asthma, epilepsy, and diabetes combined. And yet people think of it as a woman's disease or just a headache or, you know, it it hasn't gotten the funding that it needs. um, And people kind of think of it as it's just a headache. How could it possibly be that bad? Um, And so what I do in times when I'm not sinking myself into Harry Potter and I can actually put words together is I use my experience both from work and just from, banging my head into a cement wall to get appropriate treatment and to get listened to and um, to get that support. Um, Yeah. And that's all of that stuff that I do is over on Milla's Migraine Life. And if you have questions about migraine or headache disorders, look me up there. And I talk often about Mm -hmm. tools and things that, um, you know, work for me and work for other people. Um, And that's kind of the other thing beyond Harry Potter and, my, the world's most adorable granddaughter, my little granddaughter Katie. Um, migraine advocacy is um, my other big thing that I do, and that I love. Um, so yeah, June twenty first. Take a picture of yourself in sunglasses, hashtag at Shades for Migraine on social media, and and uh, help us bring awareness. Um, we we've had incredible engagement with that. Um, effort over the years and uh, it just keeps going and the past couple of years have been really exciting for migraine treatment. We've had the first medications come out in 30 years that were migraine specific um, and that actually helps some people for a change and isn't just a medication that we're putting on someone to stop pain, um, that they actually work in stopping the migraines. So I've got a lot of stuff going on there. So yeah, if you're curious about migraine, check me out over there.
1: So we're going to take a quick break for an ad, and then we'll come back with some Harry Potter questions uh, with Mella. This advertising break is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, the carbonated beverage of the gods. Sure, sure, Diet Dr. Pepper might taste like cough syrup, but some people are into that in a responsible way. Dr. Pepper, the drink that has a new variant featuring cream soda that may or may not taste like a certain trademark beverage that heavily relies on butterscotch as its predominant flavor profile. Dr. Pepper, please send us free product. All right, and we're back, and we're excited to talk with Mella about some Harry Potter questions here. Mella, these are all opinionated, so nothing you say is necessarily right or wrong. It just is. Having said that, there certainly are
2: I am Nan. Everything I say is always right sure as a of conf- my seniority and seniorness
1: and look that might be true out in the rest of the world but you are in the spin zone here at creating magic podcast I forgot the name of our podcast for a minute and I was struggling to figure out what I was going to say so all I will say is nothing is right nothing is wrong except for if you say something that is wrong let's begin shoot if you'd please, favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite book, least favorite movie. Favorite and, book. and let me, because this has actually come up on a couple podcasts we recorded recently, when I, when we say least favorite, that's certainly not to say you think it is bad. I mean, if you think it's bad, you're more than welcome to say so. Um, but generally speaking, it, it is the book or the movie that for whatever reason you are least inclined to return to. Okay.
2: Um, so favorite book, probably Half-Blood Prince. Um, least favorite, Chamber of Secrets. I do not like Gilderoy Lockhart. I feel like that was just a whole bunch of exposition to get us to the next stop on the train, um, and not really a lot of, um, plot service with that. Uh, favorite movie, um, I would have to, that's a toss-up between Deathly Hallows 2 and uh, Order of the Phoenix. Um, just because I like that idea of a secret society that um, sneakily gets shit done for the better good.
1: So the breaking news that I am getting out of this little, this little foray into Favor least favorites here is is that You have a personal vendetta, and you loathe Remus Does Cosplay, David Clark, who, as we all know, is Gilderoy Lockhart for the fan community. Everywhere we go, he is Gilderoy, and you just told me, no, 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 don't try to change your words now. We all heard. You said you cannot stand Gilderoy Lockhart. Look, you heard it here first, folks. There is a fight a-brewing in the Harry Potter fan community. And that news is brought to you by Creative Magic Podcast. Danny, your question, please.
2: Yeah, I think David knows I'm not rumbling with him.
0: If we were to go to Hogwarts, where would we find you hanging out?
2: I would absolutely positively be in the most comfortable chair in the Hufflepuff common room with a book and a plate of cookies and a very large stein of Dr. Pepper. Or butter beer, Whatever the elves could get me from the kitchen. Because honestly, I am happiest, and in my entire life, I am generally happy it, happiest when I am sitting and reading a book, and I have some kind of snack that I like on hand. Um, this yeah. body was built by depression, eating disorders, and way too many snacks.
1: Ah, that sounds like my autobiography. Um, <laughs> and you know what the house elves would be serving you? Dr. Pepper. You know why? Because Dr. Pepper is the drink of the gods. Dr Pepper an amazing carbonated beverage.
2: It's so amazing that depending on where you live, it's both a Coke and a Pepsi product. Yes, that
1: is true. There there are there is a split in the bottling and distribution community. I so I fun fact, I have been to Waco, Texas with a god awful ex-girlfriend who we don't have to talk about too much here, to go to the Dr Pepper museum and factory.
0: Who told you
2: about that museum?
1: I don't recall the event in question um i
2: feel like that was danny possibly because she's smart and knows lots of things
0: i also make that drive i actually am making that drive in two weeks where i will go through waco maybe i'll stop again
1: for what it's worth
2: texas twice i lived there once as a baby and then i went back once as an adult and i feel a burning desire to um to head on back
1: which like totally fair but if you're in the mood for chocolate chip cookies... But now you're cookies, going to say have got beef with Texas, so... No, 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 no. <laughs> here's, here's the pitch I will give specifically for Waco, Texas. You like Dr. Pepper. You like chocolate chip cookies.
2: Like Dr. Pepper is a very soft Sure,
1: sure. But, 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 but work with me here. This lends in my favor. Um, Waco doesn't necessarily have a ton of stuff going for it. It's not like a thriving metropolis where there's like a million things to do.
2: Well, there there was that whole siege and, you know. Look, we're
1: not getting political here. We're speaking solely about some of the things you can do while you're in Waco. Thank you very much. I want the Waco Ad Council uh, marketing money in my pocket. Two of the things that you can do in Waco that happen to be about three blocks from each other. The Dr Pepper Museum and Factory, where you get not one but two free Dr Peppers, I believe, as I recall during your tour. It's either one oh, or that's two. the dream. Either way, they also have like a little like uh, ice cream fountain. Um,
0: and They'll the, mix it right there.
1: And you can make you can you can make uh, ice cream float. You can get all they have Dr Pepper candy. You can buy all this stuff, and then you go literally three blocks over. To that Chip and Joanna Gaines silos place,
0: Magnolia,
2: Magnolia. I,
1: right? Well, sure, whatever. They were too Christian for me, and it was it was it was hot. There was way too much going on. Point is, there's a bakery on premise there where they make, for my money, pound for pound, the best chocolate chip cookie I have ever consumed, like easily beating out my grandma's beating out bakeries in France and Italy and England and bakeries in New Jersey and like the Italian parts of Jersey, like where my family like lived France, for a while. Italy, England, New Jersey. Jersey. Hey, don't <laughs> sleep on Italian bakeries in the tri-state area.
2: I'm oh, go not going to do it. My husband is Italian. My first spouse was Italian. Clearly, I only fall in love with men who are Italian.
1: Those are the only men that I fall in love with as well, are Italian <laughs> But no, um, anywho, that's all to say Waco chocolate chip cookies and Dr. Pepper within three blocks of each other. It's quite literally an oasis in the middle of nowhere. Anywho, back to the Harry Potter questions. I'll add that to the list. As you should. The Harry Potter questions, which is the reason that we're technically here today. Um, what would your favorite class at Hogwarts be?
2: Oh, Divination.
0: Can you explain on this one? Because you're the first person that has brought this one to the table. And is Trelawney still the teacher at this point? Or relevant. is it
1: is it that sexy ilf of a centaur, Ferenz, with his broad chestnut-haired chest or whatever he was described as? I forget. but
2: Centaur Daddy?
1: Uh, a <laughs> sylph. A sylph if I've ever seen one.
2: Um... So, take this with what you will, but in my life, I feel like I have always, whilst growing up, I have been known to have dreams that were prophetic enough that I imagined a conversation and that conversation happened. Um, So, I feel like divination is somehow my jam because I somehow have got that you know, connection to lift the veil aside. And also, I just think it's really, really interesting. And um, I would have liked to have known as a child that I would end up kind of where I am now. That would have been interesting to know, to to look into the beyond and realize that I wasn't always going to be, um, that I wasn't always going to be poor, that I wasn't always going to be, um, ignored by my parents that I wasn't yeah whatever it is that that I could see that you know this better thing coming um and also I just really like the the connection and intimacy of that that particular art that particular science um you know you're sitting with someone very closely you're talking to them about something very personal um and so I would almost see it kind of like as counseling, as as, um, somewhat therapeutic and and talking to people and helping them along the way. So that's why I would pick divination. Um, I actually wouldn't mind Trelawney. I think she's highly underrated. Um, But yeah, no, I would totally, totally be um, teaching divination, taking divination, kicking ass and taking names in divination. I'd be reading your tea leaves like nobody's business even though I can never actually become English because I don't like tea. So yeah, that's my answer to that question. No one has picked divination?
0: No, No. we usually get charms, transfiguration, and
2: herbology I think are like our top three. Yeah, I I have two very black thumbs. I cannot keep anything alive. Like my sister gave us a plant when we moved into this house and it's the first thing I've kept alive in years. When I was working at Brown and had an office, the only reason that my plants stayed alive is because my secretary and my cleaning lady took care of my plants for me.
0: I have all the quarantine plants from the office.
2: (laughs) I rescued them all. No, like, and, and this, the plant that I have that I'm keeping alive that my sister gave me, it sits on a rack over the kitchen sink so I can just dump water onto it. (laughs) And it's just basically benign neglect is the only way it stayed alive. So I could never grow mandrakes or um, anything useful um, like that. But no, yeah, I would be divination all the way. Big, comfortable clothes, scarf on my head, funny looking glasses, casting my eye into the future. I'm all for that. Because it's got to be better than now, right? I mean, we've only got up to go i mean what comes after murder hornets <laughs> i'd like to know yeah let's not divination?
1: let's not tempt fate on that one what comes after murder Hornets? no 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 i am not <laughs> i'm all about all about you love and divination but let the record reflect to anyone out there who's listening in the cosmic universe that creating magic podcast is not tempting fate to see what happens after murder hornets <laughs> Nope. Look, my people dealt with those 10 plagues and we went through all, you know, we, we, we had all that crazy cosmic stuff happening. We're not tempting fate from high, the wrath of the fate from high atop the thing. Uh, As
2: my mother will say, I will not call into being what is not already here
1: correct you know what well I, I this podcast will gladly deal with whatever comes after murder, murder hornets but we're not about we're to go asking ask what for. that might be
2: so what else you got for me
0: so who would your friend group be at hogwarts doesn't matter what generation any characters but who are the people that like you would hang out with on a regular basis based on you not necessarily because of your love of the character or hate of the character? Um,
2: it would probably be Luna, because I was always friends with whoever the weirdest girl was, if I wasn't the weirdest girl. Um, but mostly, I, I'm actually really quiet and introverted, generally. Like, I can... I can kind of flip that switch and turn on and be social and, um, you know, do public speaking and all of that. But mostly I would just be friends with the quiet people and we'd just all sit in the same room and read a book and have our cookies and just be quiet. But And Luna just because she's the weird girl and I've always been the weird girl for one reason or another. Yeah, I'm just the weird old lady. So yeah, Luna and a lot of quiet Hufflepuffs.
1: That's where I'd be. One word answers only. Is Snape a hero or a villain? Neither. That wasn't one of the choices. <laughs> you,
0: you only said one word
1: answers. Oh, God damn it. Fine. Why is it Neither.
2: I don't think he was the hero. He's a hero because a lot of what he does was self-serving for an unrequited love and relationship that he had. Um, But I don't think doing those things because of being in love with someone who he could never have um, made him evil or not a hero. I think he's just a he's a very complex person. But I I don't subscribe to the to the nonsense that he was um, that he's fully redeemed at the end or not. And it's like the it always everyone always kind of clings to that, you know, the phrase always as like the thing that they put on stuff and it, you know. And that's It's like, that's a great one word phrase to, to hitch your wagon to, but really, um, if you're thinking about love, all was well is a much better, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, all was well is a much better catchphrase, but that's not a one word thing that you can paint on a coffee mug. So that's why I feel the way I do about Snape.
1: So on the coattails of that, do you buy the Draco Malfoy Redemption arc?
2: Yes. Because I don't believe anyone is inherently good or bad.
1: Danny, that's all I got. I asked all the tough questions, so... (laughs)
0: Um, so do we want to head into creator shout outs? Sure. So I know you've heard some of our episodes. We like to shout out people. Uh, I am very bad at war for warning people that we're doing creator shout outs. So if you have anyone that you would like to shout out, if not, that's okay too.
2: So I'm first going to um, do a little shameless plug for Remington curiosities. Um, that's my Etsy show. Job where I upcycle Harry Potter books that were headed for recycling or the landfill. Um, I make flying keys. I make bookmarks. I make earrings that have the little page stars. Um, I think I'm going to be making some coats with the dust jackets of the books that I buy because some of the dust jackets are in okay condition and I want to reuse them. But it's just kind of uh, like using whatever I can get my hands on um, to upcycle the books. Um, and that's me. Um, creators who I love. Um, I do love a Paul, a bow from a uh, little London boutique and Paula is really great. Um, Sophie from bundle, bumble and Bee, she makes these little crocheted animals called the spook crew. Um, and they're all individual bespoke made like she makes them almost pretty much to order um of different magical creatures and I love those I have like three or four of them she's this really sweet young girl who lives in the UK um and this is kind of you know what she does um Windermere Wand Shop Deacon is amazing um Deacon and I collaborated on my bespoke wand last year and it's this really pretty um Celtic um, it's got the tree of life on one side here and then it has a um, cladda there we go that's where it is a Um, it's got some nice Celtic um, work on it um, but Deacon I was so glad to meet him at LeakyCon and give him a big hug because I love my magic wand I am part of his um, Patreon because he just does beautiful, beautiful work. And he also is, like, doing this upcycling with old umbrella and cane handles and whatnot for pommels of wands. And so I just love, like, seeing that old stuff getting new life. Um, um, Yeah, I mean, those are – I'm trying to make this year – trying to make the majority of my consumption of – Uh, Harry Potter merch this year by makers I'm trying to make 2020 the year of the small maker as opposed to the um, big corporate stuff Um, so I'm always looking for like the next newest craftiest thing Um, I spend a lot of time poking around Etsy um, but note when I first met Paula in person she gave me a Hufflepuff bow that she had made for me. Um, and I wore that the whole time. And then when I was at LeakyCon, um, I waited too long to do ribbons. And so I just made a mess of those flying keys. And I gave out like 150 keys at LeakyCon. So if either of you don't have keys, let me know. Cause I can send you some keys. Um,
0: I have a key and I have a, have a bow from ba- Paula.
1: I don't have a bow cause I don't have hair, but I have a key.
2: Yeah, I got that at LeakyCon. Yeah, I gave away tons of keys at LeakyCon. And it's just, um, I just like making the things and sending them out into the universe. And, you know, as long as I break even, I'm happy. My husband is always looking for something that will become a revenue stream. But in the end, I just, again, he's like, as long as it makes you happy and we're not losing money on something, what you got to do.
0: Yeah. What about you, Stephen?
1: So I actually gave a clue earlier in the episode um, about my shout-out for today. Did anyone happen to catch the clue?
2: The Dr. Pepper and Dr. Pepper and then more Dr. Pepper.
1: It was not. uh, It was neither of those, but good guesses. Danny. (laughs) I'm
2: thinking.
0: I don't know.
1: So earlier in this episode, I used the phrase down the rabbit hole, which leads me to my creator shout-out for today, Alice in Potterland and there's a couple periods in there separating the words, uh, but the periods are silent. Um, Alice has got a cool page, a lot of cool photography here, a lot of really solid, like I don't want to say true black and white. Cause that's not it. But like a lot of muted photos that just highlight a couple individual colors in like a really nice way. Um, really like really nice thematic organization of the Instagram. So if you go through the feed, like, every row has, like, a theme to it, more or less, um, which is, like, some really nice, like... Symmetry is not the right word, but I wasn't very good with, like, math or science or art, so...
2: Okay, so I just started following her. Yeah, she does... She does, like, really niche photography, where she fades everything to black and white and just focuses on one... Yeah. ...like, signature color. Yeah. Her work is beautiful. I always... Hope that I'm going to be this really awesome, aesthetically pleasing photographer of all of this amazing merch that I own. And then I take like six photos with my iPhone and then I have a migraine and I go to bed so it doesn't happen the way I want it to.
1: Yeah, that that is me minus all of your reasoning and just substituting the fact <laughs> that I'm just an idiot. Um, but yeah, loving the photos, loving the feed. Shouts to you, Alice in Potterland.
0: Dear Stephen. We've been talking way too much because we keep having the same creator shoutouts.
1: Wait, you really had the same one for this?
0: I switched it. No. Literally, like, five minutes ago. I'm like, oh, I found someone, and I'll go with them. Because I was like, have I shouted her out before? And I literally...
1: No, you didn't.
0: didn't. (laughs) Let me... Here, hold on. I always screenshot who it is so I don't have to go searching. There is the screenshot. (laughs) Timestamp oh. 544
1: Central Time. Oh good God. I think this is a sign that like the podcast should be over. Like we should like, not this episode, but like the whole experiment. Like
2: No, don't stop. Podcasts are one of my coping mechanisms pain. You know if it's not true crime, it's you guys or hold my butterbeer. It's you know the Harry Potter Podcast or it's a true crime podcast.
1: So I didn't get any sort of sponsorship offer from Dr. Pepper, but Pizza Hut did just text me and say enjoy crust at first bite with eleven ninety nine large three top stuffed crust. Valid at part stores only.
0: Hey Steven, remember when you ordered Pizza Hut in Oklahoma? Shut
1: up, shut up. I blame that on Oklahoma, not on Pizza Hut. So all right, for context Mella. I am a food snob. I very much am. But I simultaneously will also eat like baseless trash. Like, I will eat it. I recognize that it's... I don't try to pass off anything more than it is. Anywho, when Danny came to visit me in Arizona last year, um, I jokingly, not in, not out of sincerity, was like, we should get Pizza Hut. We should go to Pizza Hut. Hey, Danny, there's a Pizza Hut. Because I'm a pizza, pizza
0: snob. That is, like, my one thing. Danny gets all
1: Siciliano on me and is like, hey, uh, pizza is... You know, there's only one way to do pizza. and It's not Pizza Hut. So, anywho, I... Stayed with Danny on my cross-country trip a couple months ago to make it out east because she lives in the middle of the country and it was on the route. So I said, oh my God, I'm getting in at like 6 o'clock. Why don't I surprise her with dinner? What better for dinner than Pizza Hut to be an ass? And I was so excited. So excited. You
2: could only have done worse with Panda Express.
0: It, 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 gets, it
2: gets The worse. story gets better. Because I was
1: excited to sit there and be like, and listeners, I apologize for what you're about to hear in your headphones. I was about to be like, mm, God, this Pizza Hut is so good. I was about to have an orgasmic experience with the Pizza Hut. Even if I didn't feel that way, I was going to have it. Anywho, fast forward. I call. I'm from – yeah, I, 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 I call and say, hey, let me get one cheese pie. Large cheese pie. Um. I picked up the pizza, like, COVID things were in place, or whatever. So, like, I did it through the drive-thru, which Pizza had has a drive-thru. That's a whole nother conversation. But, yeah, so There's I like
2: a Pizza Place near me that has a drive-thru, which is crazy.
1: Bizarre. But, so, like, point is, because I was in the car and it was COVID, I wasn't, like, going to sit there and inspect the pizza. I was just going to, you know, whatever. So, I get to Danny's. I'm like, Danny, I got dinner. And she was so dismayed. And then I open it and I'm like, huh, looks like it's missing sauce. They straight up gave me, like, Cheesy breadstick pizza that was nothing but like cheese, no no sauce of any kind, and it was awful. And I sat there so unhappily eating that thing.
0: And I rubbed it in his face on proof of why you shouldn't eat pizza.
2: <laughs> That's like 1995 Discovery Zone quality pizza.
1: It was. Look, I can't speak to whatever example you just gave because I was one in 1995, but. Um,
0: Discovery Zone is like another version of Chuck E. Cheese.
1: There is no other version of Chuck E. Cheese. There is Chuck E. Cheese and there are every other imitator in the world. Okay. Um,
2: Discovery Zone was better in as much as um, there weren't video games. It was all play stuff of a variety and assortment. And because one kid in my daughter's preschool class had their party at Discovery Zone, we all had to fucking shell out $125 to have a party at Discovery Zone.
1: So. Did y'all see that, that speaking of Chuck E. Cheese, they have like a second branding they use on Grubhub to try to convince people to buy their pizza. It's called like PB Pasquale or it's, it's some like alliteration P name like that um, because they don't want to be like, hey, buy Chuck E. Cheese pizza on Grubhub, um, but it's a thing. It is. So Danny, uh, once you move to Orlando or the Orlando area, because it's not Orlando, Uh, be prepared for a knock on your door and a delivery from something Pasquale pizza.
2: See, He could send you like a nice edible arrangement or... This
1: is an edible arrangement. It comes from something. Pizza pizza from Pizza Hut and or PD Pasquale is an edible arrangement. It comes in the arrangement of a circle and it is edible.
0: Let me inform you on what our dear friend Steven did prior to all this pizza stuff is when he found out I was not a big fan of chain pizza and I'm very much a pizza snob. He tagged me in every single pizza chain he could find and it switched ads on every single app I have to any type of pizza. Even if it was like the chain in like Iowa, like he'd find the most random chain pizza and just tag me and it changed all my
2: ads on my phone. So yeah, you're not even just about pizza, you're just about the dick move at that point.
1: <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. The pizza is like ancillary to the story.
0: He just likes annoying me. Back to my creator shout out.
1: Is it Chuck E. Cheese?
2: It is not Chuck E. Cheese. Is, is it, it
1: Pizza Hut? Chuck
2: E Cheese does Chuck E. Cheese doesn't create anything, so really we can't They
1: create that. memories. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they create communicable diseases.
1: Hey, no, I'm trying to get Chuck E. Cheese money. Don't you dare talk about them that way on this podcast.
2: (laughs) Danny can cut it out then.
0: So my shout out is for Axel, A-X-E-L, underscore Stardust. They are an illustrator. And they're currently working on a series of like, I'm not going to say Disney princesses because Anastasia's in there and she's not Disney. But she's doing a series of, Photos and sorting them into houses, and I'm really enjoying them. They they have like a more earth tone setting, color wise. They're very earthy.
2: Oh, those are really beautiful. Yeah, that's a very like oh, that's Snow White as Hufflepuff one. Oh, I love that. It's very, it's very kind of muted seventies color. Um, I am a child of the seventies and I um, currently live in a mid-century modern house. Um, So I've got lots of things that are um, reminiscent of those beautiful seventies colors in my home Um, by choice, not by, that's what the old Italian couple that we bought it from left us. Um, But yeah, no, that's pretty another person for me to follow.
1: So I know you just said Anastasia, Danny, and I frankly have no idea what that is, but in my mind, I somehow went to aladdin and jasmine so we're going to end the episode on this note i can show you the world shining shimmering splendid tell me princess now when did you last let your heart decide go subscribe to creating magic podcast rate and leave a review five stars too. Danny and Steven are awesome, creating magic, creating magic,
2: creating
1: magic.
2: I don't know that I have anything to add to the end of that, because that was just beautiful.
1: Podcast over.